overwhelmed I am and how amazing uh, and impressive it is uh, that all of you have chosen uh, in the middle of a very, very uh, busy workday to sacrifice a little bit of time uh, to come and to learn this afternoon. And I find uh, your commitment and dedication to Talmud Torah on a personal level, I find it uh, inspiring, uh, uplifting, and it gives me a, a, a certain sense of, uh, of chizuk. And uh, therefore, I'm very... Uh, I'd like to thank Saul for inviting me, uh, Saul who really typifies that kind of sacrifice for Talmud Torah and the way that he learns, the shirim that he gives. I would like to thank him for inviting me uh, to be here, and it is a chus, a covenant and a pleasure to be able uh, to learn a little bit with you this afternoon, and I wish you all <coughs> This week's uh, parasha, of course, is parasha's kairach, which is typically identified as the parasha of Machlekes. And therefore, Rabbi Saul asked me to discuss uh, perhaps the topic of machlaikas in halacha. When is it appropriate? When is it uh, not appropriate? And there is perhaps nothing more Jewish than uh, expressing an opinion and being able to formulate an argument. There's an old joke which I've told uh, once before in the Shtibo about a new Rav who takes over a shul around this time of the year, around the time of uh, Shabbos, Mavarach, Meshchedesh, Av. And uh, the first Shabbos that he's in the shul, Machlekes breaks out. So you say, Avarachimim, on Shabbos, Mavarachim, Roshchei Shav, Machlekes in the shul. So they say, oh, now we have a Rav. The Rav will decide, should we say Avarachimim or not? So they go over to the Rav, and they ask him, should we say Avarachimim? So the Rav says, I don't know, there's two minhagim. What was the old minig of the shul? It's not a new shul. What was the minig? Did they say it or didn't they say it? And they didn't remember. So the Rav said, well, let's go over to one of the older members, and we'll ask him, what was the minig of the shul? So they go over to an older member of the shul. And they say, was the minig of the shul to skip? Avarachmim and Shavs and Barachim and So the man says, no, the minig was not to skip it. So they said, oh, so the Rav says, so the minig was to say Avarachmim, Shavs and Barachim and He says, no, the minig also was not to say it. So he said, if the minig is not to skip it, and the minig is not to say it, what was the minig? She so said, the minig was we had a f- fight about it every year, we had a machlekes. That was the minig. And so, too, to a certain extent, uh, in halacha, we have a minig, or if you will, a masaira. Uh, of Machlaikas. Every morning we say after Birch HaTorah the Perak of Ezehu Mekayman from Mesech Zvachim at the end of Karbonais. Why do we say specifically that Perak of Mishnayas? So Beis Yosef quotes in the name of the Ra'ah, the Night of Yehuda does the same thing in his Droshis, because it's the only Perak in Gan Shas of all Mishnayas uh, that there's no Machlaikas and there's no disputes. Every other Perak of Mishnayas has Machlaikas, every Daf Gemara for sure has many uh, disputes, many machlekesin. That's the one parak of Mishnayis where there's no machlekes. So if every uh, parak of Mishnayis, every Dav Gemara, has machlekesin, has disputes, what I would like to try and understand a little bit this afternoon is what then is a different about the machlekes of Karach and Meshach Rabbeinu. Why is this machlekes not part of our Messiah of machlekes? Why is this uh, treated so differently, rejected uh, so uh, absolutely? And so, so emphatically, and perhaps if we understand that, it will give us a little bit of guidance in understanding in our contemporary times what kind of machlekes is appropriate and is within our Messiah of machlekes and what kind of machlekes uh, is not appropriate. To be sure, the machlekes of Karach Ba'adasa was not a personal, uh, you know, a petty dispute, like a type of that breaks out in between neighbors and, uh, you know, or, or individuals that their feelings get hurt. The Machlekes of Karach Vadasa, even though it was laced and tinged with a personal agenda, was a halachic, ideological, theological uh, Machlekes. And this is apparent from the Mishnah Mesechtis Ovis. The Mishnah, which is Oisalaf over here, which we're familiar with, asks what is a, or describes two types of Machlekes. 
There's a machlekes, which is l'shem shamayim, which is soifal uh, hiskayim, will endure and persist. And then there's a machlekes, she'en l'shem shamayim, ain't soifal hiskayim, will not persist. So the Mishnah asks for an example. What's a machlekes that's l'shem shamayim? That's a machlekes hill and shamayim. What's a machlekes that's not l'shem shamayim? It's a machlekes of karach v'adosai. So Rabbi Yeruchim, in his Sefer Das Torah, in Parshish Torah, asks, now how could we possibly put these two types of machlekes in the same Mishnah? Karach v'adosai are arguably two of the, you know, the, that group is arguably the most despicable, infamous Jews in all of uh, Jewish history. How could we put them in the same breath with Hillel and Shammai heroes, champions of, uh, of the Messiah? How could we put the two in the same Mishnah? So says Rabbi Yerucham, you see from here that even though Kairach had a personal agenda, fundamentally, essentially, the Machlekes of Kairach Adosa was similar to that of Hillel and Shammai. They have some uh, similarities uh, between them. They were not that different uh, at, at its core. And this is apparent as well from the Gemara Masech Saita. The Gemara over here, Ois Beis, tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu is davening in Parshas Vo'eschanon to enter into Eretz Yisrael, Kaddish Baruch Hu rejects his tefillah, and he tells him, Rav loch al toisif daber elai oid badavar hazeh. Kaddish Baruch Hu says to him, I had enough of you, please don't daven anymore about this issue. So he asked the Gemara, why was Moshe Rabbeinu spoken to in that fashion? So the Gemara says, it was a punishment to Moshe Rabbeinu because of the way he reacted, he responded to Karach. When Karach wanted a position of greater substance in Klal Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu responds to him, no, Rav lochem. He says, you have enough. So too, me that connected me, that Kaddish Baruch who spoke to Meir Shrabbeinu Rav Loch. So as of Chaim Shmulevitz in the Sichos Musar, he says, what did Meir Shrabbeinu do wrong? He said, you have enough covered, you don't need any more. So why was he responded to Rav Loch, that he shouldn't enter Eretz Yisrael? So Chaim Shmulevitz explains, it's because Karach wasn't only interested in covered, he wanted a greater relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. He had a she'ifa for Ruchnius. And therefore, Ramesh Rabbeinu was wrong in telling him, Rav Lachem, no, you have enough. There's no such thing as enough when it comes to Ruchni as a deep, you know, relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So therefore, Ramesh Rabbeinu, Midah Kenegi Midah, was punished when he wanted to enter Eretz Yisrael. Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him, Rav Lach, you have enough. Now you want to enter Eretz Yisrael too? He says, you have enough also. Also a punishment to Ramesh Rabbeinu. But you see that Karach was motivated a little bit by the fact that he wanted to have a greater, uh, deeper relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It could even be, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu has to daven to Hashem not to accept the carbon of Karach. Pasuk tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe el, el Hashem, al el Don't accept the carbon of Karach. So as um, Bechesko Sarno, in the Sefer Deliyos Bechesko, he says, why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to daven not to accept the carbon? Zevach Rishoyim Toeva. A carbon of a Russia is, uh, is an abomination. Why does he have to daven not to accept the carbon? So says to Bechezkel Sarna, you see that Karach was motivated by, uh, to a certain extent, was motivated by a, a, a desire for a greater relation with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And therefore, initially, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't sure that his carbon was not going to be accepted. So you have to ask a special request. The carbon shouldn't be accepted. In fact, the Chidah goes so far as to say, it's shocking, that in his Sefer Chazdei Ovois, on Masech Bes Ovois, the Machlekes Hillel and Shammai is identical to the Machlekes of Karach Vados, it's the same Nakudas HaMachlekes. Because the Gemara Mesechlis Yevamas has a uh, Machlekes between Hillel and Shammai regards to the Pasuk and Parshish Mishpatim of Achir Rabbim Lahatos. We follow the majority. So it's Machlekes Hillel and Shammai, what majority? Majority of what? 
So Beis Hillel's opinion was a majority of opinions, the numerical majority. That's what you follow. And since Beis Hillel outnumbered Beis Shammai, they thought that Allah should follow them. The opinion of Beis Shammai was, no, it's a majority of wisdom, not a numerical, a quantitative majority, a qualitative majority. And the Gemara says, since Beis Shammai was mechadadit they were smarter, wiser, uh, more shrewd than Beis Hillel, so they believed that Allah should, uh, should follow them. So Rais Tachidah, that was the same Machlech as Karach and Meish Rabbeinu. <coughs> Karach says to Meish Rabbeinu, Rav Lochem, you have numbers. That's true. But he thought he was, he might have been wrong, but he thought he was Machadaditvei. He was uh, smarter than Meish Rabbeinu, and therefore he said we have the quantitative, uh, and we have the uh, qualitative uh, majority. So Mamish, the Zelma Machlech, says the Chidah, between uh, Hillel and Shammai and Karach and Meish Rabbeinu. And if that's the case, so then we need to understand if they're so similar, and Karach's machlekes was not a petty machlekes. It was a machlekes in halacha, machlekes, and he wanted a greater relationship with the Rebunish Shalalim. Ideological machlekes, why is he rejected so completely and so emphatically, and why is it treated in all other differences, uh, all the machlekes that we find in every page of the Mishnayas, every page of the Gemara? So I think in order to understand this properly, we have to go back and analyze a little bit more closely that uh, familiar Mishnah, Mesechtis Ovis. There are two questions that the Mepharshim deal with on that Mishnah? Well known. The first has to do with the second part of the Mishnah. When the Mishnah is describing or contrasting the Machleksin between Hillel and Shammai, not of Karach and Rabbeinu, there's a discrepancy in the way that they're presented. Hillel and Shammai, both parties to the Machleks are mentioned. But when it's the Machleks of Karach and Rabbeinu, only one party is mentioned. Meish Rabbeinu is omitted. It's Karach Vadosa. So all the Mepharshim deal with this. Some suggest it's because Kairach was uh, not L'Shem Shemaim. Meish Rabbeinu was L'Shem Shemaim. Kairach had a personal agenda. Or perhaps it's because uh, Kairach was unwilling to acknowledge it was another point of view that had legitimacy. So it was a one-sided machlekes. It was just Kairach Vadosa. As far as Kairach was concerned, Meish Rabbeinu didn't have a leg to stand on. There was no other possible way of, uh, of viewing it, no other possible perspective. Or perhaps it's because the both parties are mentioned. There was infighting between Kairach Vadosa. Many different, uh, which is uh, perhaps uh, a hallmark of a machlekes, is not l'shem shemayim. Uh, many different uh, suggestions are made. It's hard, though, to really justify because uh, Kairach had a personal agenda. Many times people have a personal agenda because, uh, because he refused to acknowledge someone, else, uh, someone else's perspective. That's why he elicited such a harsh response. He's treated and, uh, you know, so, uh, so extremely. So it could be that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is left out of this Mishnah for a more uh, fundamental reason. There was something uh, much more sinister and much more destructive in the Machlechus between Karach and Moshe Rabbeinu more than just the fact that he refused to acknowledge Moshe Rabbeinu's opinion. Maybe there was something a little bit uh, you know, there, a little bit more destructive. But in order to understand this question, I believe we have to move back to the beginning of the Mishnah, where there's another question that's dealt with by uh, all of the Mepharshim. And that is that the Mishnah says, a machlekes that is l'shem shamayim is soifu l'hizkayim, will endure and persist, as opposed to a machlekes that is not l'shem shamayim. So Bisrael Salant already asked, why is that something that we want? We want a machlekes to persist forever. He says, in a certain uh, sense, a machlekes that is l'shem shamayim, about religious matters, is worse, uh, more destructive than a machlekes that is not l'shem shamayim. And a petty, a petty machlekes between two people 
a certain sense, is not as destructive as a machlekes, it's Hashem Shammai, machlekes, it's between two people, one person can fargin, one person can be moichel. When it's a machlekes, Hashem Shammai, it's like, that's not my covet. It's the Rebbeinu Shalom's covet that's on the line. I'm trying to save the shul, I'm trying to save the school. People, uh, people think that they're the emissaries of the Rebbeinu Shalom, so how can I possibly be moichel? So it says to religious machlekes, that's going to continue on uh, forever. There's a Pasuk in Kohelas, two Psukim, right next to each other. One Pasuk says, Al Tehit Tzadik Harbe. You shouldn't be too much of a Tzadik. The very next Pasuk says, Al Tir Shahabre. You shouldn't be too much of a Russia. Someone told me, they once asked a Ruderman, the Russian Shiva from there, Yisrael, which is worse? Being a Russia Harbe? Neither are ideal, but being a Russia Harbe, being a Tzadik Harbe. So, uh, I'm sorry, Rav Ruderman said that being a Russia Harbe is not as bad as being a Tzadik Harbe. Tzadik Harbe is worse. Russia Harbe, it's just Nogea Hizdaladamis. We all recognize he's a Russia. He recognizes he's a Russia. Doesn't destroy the community. Uh, he wishes he could do better, even if he can't. He uh, okay, but it's Sadik Harbe, so he could destroy the whole community because it's not his covet. It's Rebbeinu covet, and he has to fix this and he has to fix that. It never ends. So Sadik Harbe, to a certain sense, is worse, more destructive than a Russia Harbe. So why is this something that we we are that's uh, desired that a machlekes Hashem Shemayim Soifulis Kayim will never end? Why do we want that? We'd rather it die down. What does this mean? So the Mugen Ovis from the Rashbat, one of the commentaries on Masech this Ovis, from the Rishonim, uh, quotes in the name of Rabbeinu Moshe, that with this first part, of, I think if we analyze the first part of the Mishnah, we'll get a little bit more insight into the second part of the Mishnah. So the first part of the Mishnah, again, what, is the what, what does it mean, Seifel is Kayim, it will continue to persist and endure, and why do we want that? So he quotes in the name of Rabbeinu Moshe that what it means is ultimately the MS, the truth, will emerge. If it's a machlek, it's L'shem Shemayim, we'll arrive at the truth ultimately. Machlek, it's not L'shem Shemayim, people are not interested in uh, hashing out the truth, we'll never arrive at the truth. That was, that's what it means. Ein soifel is kayim. The truth will never emerge. So the Magen Ovis, the Rashabats, doesn't like this pshat. He says, any idea, if you look at the underlying part, any idea, the fi perushoi, in both instances, the MS emerged. In both instances, we arrived at the MS. We passed on like Hillel. Karach was killed. Meshabenu was victorious. The MS emerged. So the Rashbaz doesn't like this pshat. So he suggests a different pshat. What it means, soifel is is that both opinions will be preserved. Both opinions will be discussed, will be preserved. Whereas a machlekes that's not l'shem shamayim, both opinions will not be preserved. Lefi, why will both opinions be preserved by machlekes that's l'shem shamayim? Lefi she'elu ve'elu diverli kimchayim. In both, in machlekes that's l'shem shamayim, both opinions are the word of HaKadosh Baruch so both opinions will be preserved. What does that mean that both opinions will be preserved? In what sense are both opinions preserved? And what, uh, what does that represent? And why is that significant? So if you take a step back to the source for that concept, the Elu V'Elu Divrei Kim Chaim, and that's what it means that a machlekes is Hashem Shamayim is Seifel is Chaim, because both opinions will be preserved because of Elu V'Elu Divrei Kim Chaim, as opposed to machlekes, not Hashem Shamayim. Both opinions will not be preserved. What is the significance of both opinions being preserved? What does that represent? So the Gemara tells us in Masechus Erevin, that's over here, Ois Dawid, with regards to all of the different disputes that existed between Beisham and Beis Hillel, 
that uh, finally at the end they were arguing for three years, who does the Allah follow, Beisana, Beisilo? The end, Yotza Basko the Amra, Elu Vielu Divirli Kimchaim. Abasko came out from Shamayim and said, Both of these are the word of Akadish Barhu, but Vahaloka Kibesilo. What does it mean that both are the word of Hakadish Barhu? What does that mean? So the Nasivas has in his Hakdoma to the parish on Chesh uh, Mishpat what is perhaps the minimal, minimal approach. Minimally what it means is, is that it's not Bittal Torah to learn the opinions of Beis Shammai. That's also part of Torah. It's the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's part of Torah. And Nesivus gives a muscle to it. He says, uh, if you take for example, for him it was, uh, you know, uh, something that was accessible to most people, was uh, if you go pearl fishing, so he says, if you go uh, fishing for pearls, so you pick out one o- uh, oyster, there's nothing inside of it. Then you go, next one, nothing inside. Finally, after 50 oysters, you'll get one pearl. So says the Nesivas, would anyone say that that was a waste of time? Not a waste of time. That's part of the process of uh, getting pearls, fishing for pearls. So sometimes you miss, sometimes you get a pearl. A more contemporary example is if you ever play a battleship with your kids, so you know you 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 start out missing the first you know ten or fifteen times you're going to miss, but that's part of the process of narrowing down where the ships are and uh, you get a hit finally. That's the whole strategy of the game. So so too lahabdil elif alfi habdolis says in Nesivus to a certain degree that's what limadat Torah is like, is that we have opinions we don't accept. Beishamai's opinion is not accepted. Let's even say Beishamai's opinion does not correspond to the MS. Beishilo corresponds to the MS. But Beishamah's opinion is not bittal Torah to learn their opinions. It's part of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. It's uh, much like uh, the, the fishing for oysters. If I had to give an example in halacha of what it's similar to, it's probably closely similar to a dinder abonon. The Gemara asks us in Meshach Mesech the Shabbos and Davchav Gimel that on halakas neiris Chanukah you make the bracha Asher Kedshan Mitzvah Yitzivanu Lahadik Neirish Chanukah. So I asked the Gemara, how can you say Asher Kedshan Mitzvah of Itzivanu? Heichan Tzivanu, where's the mitzvah? So the Gemara says, the mitzvah is a pasuk in Parsha Shoftim, Loisasim in Adav, Ashi Agidu Lachayaminusma. That gives the authority to the Chachamim to make mitzvahs. So writes the Ramban in his comments on the Sefer Mitzvahs of the Rambam that that's only a Dinder Abonan. That's itself an Asmachta. If the pasuk would be a real Drosha, giving Chachamim the power to make Dinim Der Abonan, then every Suffolk Der Abonan it's really a suffix de raisa. We should say suffix de rabbanon lekula because it's really a suffix of loisaser. So it says in the Ramban, it must be a din de rabbanon. That's machta. Nonetheless, Rabbi Chanan in his shiurim quotes from Rabbi Chaim that even the Ramban must agree that dinim de rabbanon take on a status, you know, a certain status midoy raisa. It must be a chefza shol Torah midoy raisa. It's part of the mitzvah talmud Torah. Says Rabbi Chanan, would anybody say? That if you learn dinim derabbanon, you're being mavatol Torah at a level of deraisa because the dinim derabbanon the leisaser is only an asmachta. So Bachan says, no, of course not. A dinim derabbanon is part of Torah mid deraisa. So to the same extent, uh, I believe uh, over here as well, the opinions that we don't accept are part of Torah. That's what it means. Divrei kimchai. That's minimally what it means. However, the Chidushi HaRitvo writes in that Gemara means much more than that. It doesn't only mean that it's like fishing, you know, sometimes you miss, sometimes you, you hit, and the, the misses are part of the process. It's not just part of the process. Even the opinions that we don't pass and like represent to a certain degree emes. The Chidushi HaRitvo writes over here, Oishei, or Oishches, I don't know, I got misnumbered, that Shalu Rabbanet Tzarfas, the Rabbanet from France, asked, 
How can it be that both of these are true? This one says it's Osir, this one says it's Mutter. How can they both be true? Vitirzu, and they explain, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to accept the Torah, they showed him 49, because Baruch Hu showed him 49 aspects of Isar, 49 aspects of Heter. For our purposes, I would understand that in the sense that if you properly apply the Yud Gimel Midas, you could arrive at 49 ways that you could justify being Asr, 49 ways you can make it Mutter. All valid applications of the proper methodology of learning Torah. Yud Gimel Midas, Shatar Nidrashas Bohem, but you could arrive at this conclusion, you could arrive at that conclusion. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shola HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how could this be? Va'omar, and he said, she has a mosul l'chachme Yisrael sh'b'chol dov adav y'echro ha'kamaisam. This is given over to the Hamid HaKam of every generation to use the Yud Gimomidus and arrive at their conclusion. But both are uh, representations of Emes, of the Ratzan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're valid applications of the, of the Yud Gimomidus. They're both true. So what does Psak mean? Does Psak mean one is more true than the other? Or does Psak just, we have to pick one? We can't have people doing different things, so we have to arbitrarily pick one. Is a discussion for another time. But both opinions, even the opinions we reject, Beis Shammai's opinion is emes. It's true, just like Beis Hillel's opinion. What is the source for this concept? How do we know there could be so many possibilities which in each halacha? So the Gemara Mesechtas Chagiga claims that's included in the Pesach and Parshas Yisrael. Gemara says in Chagiga, when you're presented with a shayla, you have Talmidic Chachamim, Egu, Halalu Metamin, Halalu Metarin, some say it's Tame, some say it's Tar, Halalu Eisrin, Halalu Matirin, these guys say it's Asa, these say it's Mutter. Says the Gemara, all of the possibilities were given, Mipi, Odon, Kohamas, and Baruchu, the underlying part, all of them are given by the Rebbeinu Shalom, Vilsiv, Vaidaber, Lekim, Eskola, Advar, Mo'ela. Kodesh Baruchu said all of these things. All of the possibilities of the Ratzin Hashem are certain, uh, you know, representation of Emes. That's what Elu ve'elu diver lekim chayim means. The Rambam writes in his Atoma to the parish of Mishnah, that's why we have so many machleks in, in uh, every, you know, as we said, in every parish of Mishnah, every Dav Gemara, we have so many uh, machleks in. Why do we have so much machlekes in Torah? So the Rambam in his Hakdoma to the parish of Mishnah quotes the opinion of the Go'enim, uh, which he uh, rejects. But the opinion of the Go'ainim was, we only have Machlaikas and Torah because people forgot. Really, everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Arsinai. And they're basing themselves on this Yushalmi and Masech Dispeah. Oh, it's Yud over here. The Yushalmi says, Masech Dispeah, Masha Talmud Vasik, Asudah Hayrais, of Neirabo, Kvar Nemar, Lamaisha Besina. Whatever Talmud Chacham will say throughout all of the generations was already revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu at Arsinai. So everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why do we have Machlaikas? So the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, When you had the explosion of Talmidim, there were so many, and not everyone, uh, too, I guess the class size was too big. That's a good raya. And limited the class size. But there are too many kids in the class. They couldn't all learn properly. So people began to forget things. They began to forget. Now we had to re, you know, retrieve it, restore it. You can me this. And then we had, uh, we had the emergence of Machlaikas. But really, Machlaikas did not exist initially when the Torah was given. Everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Rambam disagrees with this approach. The Rambam says there's Gemara Menachas against this. 
the Gemara says it can't be everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu uh, entirely. Because the Gemara says in Masechlis Menachos over here, Oisud Beis, familiar Gemara, that when Moshe Rabbeinu was on top of our Sinai, receiving the Torah, so Kodesh Baruch Hu told him to draw crowns on top of the Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, why am I drawing all these crowns? Kodesh Baruch Hu said, there'll be a Talmud Chacham, who will darsh and tilay tilim shal halachas, reams and reams of halachas from these crowns. So Moshe Rabbeinu asked, he said, I want to see this, uh, this Rebbe Kiva, who's going to learn out these halachas. So Kaddish Baruch Hu kind of, you know, uh, put him back in the shear of Rebbe Kiva. He's sitting there in the eighth row, at the end of the first line over here, and the Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what they were talking about. So Tashash Karachai, he became depressed. Kevin Echad, once they got to one item that they were discussing, Amrloi Talmida of Rebbe Minayin they said to Rebbe Kiva, how do you know this? It's Then he calmed down. So Maral writes in the Be'er HaGoyla, you see from here, it can't be that everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Arsina, that Yushalmi, we cannot interpret uh, as it might appear, everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's not what it means. Says the Maral, what it means is that the rules were given to Moshe Rabbeinu and uh, you know, guidance about how to apply them. But uh, you could arrive at different conclusions. So Moshe Rabbeinu was given it all on potential, <laughs> but not every single thing that every time Chacham would be Mechadish was told to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why he didn't know what Rebbe Kiva was talking about. He was Toshash Kaycha, he says the Maral, because he thought they went off the rails. These guys aren't using my rules anymore. How could it be he doesn't understand? Then when he heard Allah Moshe Misinai, it's not that he got you know, a shout out and then he calmed down. It was because he saw oh, they're still using my rules. Then he was Nisiyash uh, Vedaita. Then he calmed down. The Rambam says, Machlekes is part of Torah. All Moshe Rabbeinu was given was the Chumash, was the rules, and the, how to apply the rules, the Rebbeinu Shalom puts into our hands. And the, therefore, you have Machlekes, different Talmudic HaChomim, throughout the generations, apply the Yud Gimomidas differently in every generation. And that's why, says the Rambam, we have this Messiah of Machlekes. And that's why Elu Ve'elu, Divrei Lekim Chayim, both uh, perspectives can be true, as long as one applies the Yud Gimomidas properly. This concept is a halachic concept, by the way. It's not just a hashkafic idea. Elu v'elu divelu kim chayim. The Mishkan Yisyakov writes, that's the basis for this comment of the Gemara Masech des Erevin. The Gemara says in Masech des Erevin, when it comes to Hilchas Avelos, halacha kedivrei hameko ba'ovom. We're meko, like the most lenient position when it comes to Hilchas Avelos. <coughs> Why are we meko like the most lenient? And the Tosis writes in that Gemara, afil yachab emokam rabim, and I feel when it comes to I feel Avelos Yermishin Deiraisa, we're Mako like the most lenient opinion. Why are we always Mako when it comes to Hilchas Avelos? So Mishkinis Yaakov explains in his Chuvas and in his comments on the Gemara Brochus that it's based on a Sifrei. The Pasuk says in Parashas Emar, with regards to a Kayin, one of the Shiva Kraven, a Kayin goes to the funeral as a sister, unmarried sister. So Pasuk says, Loch Yitama. To her, he should be metame himself. So the Sifrei comments, Al Havadai metame v'loy al Safik. If he's not sure that it's his sister, he doesn't go to the funeral. <coughs> it's quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. That, uh, let's say he's not sure that this is his child. It was mixed up in the uh, nursery. Or he's not sure if it's from the previous husband. So over here, Ois Yedal, says in the Shulchan Aruch, Lo metame lehem v'loy al Safik. The person is a Safik, her, if you're not metame. The only time there's Avelos, the only time a kindness has to be metame himself, is if it's with certainty. I know with certainty that this is uh, the Karav. Then there's Avelis. If you have any suffix about it, then there's no Avelis. So writes the Mishkan is Yaakov, 
that that's why we don't say suffix derais of the chumra when it comes to avelus. Because every suffix, melo, there's no avelus. The only time you have avelus is if you have certainty. If you have any measure of suffix, any modicum of suffix, no avelus. So rise to Mishkan is Yaakov. Every machlekes hapaiskim to a certain degree, even when it's Yaakov and Makam Rabbim, we say Yaakov and Rabbim, Malachik Rabbim, to a certain degree is a, is a suffix. Why is it a suffix? Every machlekes hapaiskim. There's truth to this opinion, and there's, there's truth to that opinion as well. So we treat every machlekes hapaiskim as a kind of, uh, as a, a suffix in a certain uh, respect, and therefore we're mako, whenever it comes to hilchas havelos, even machlekes hapaiskim, we follow the most lenient opinion. This has its basis in the comment of the Ran. If you look over here, the Ran writes in Mesechtas Kiddushin with regards to Arla and Chutzlaretz. Arla and Eretz Yisrael is a posik in the Torah. You can't have the fruits the first three years that they grow. Arla and Chutzlaretz are prized too. You can't have the first uh, fruits the first three years that a tree grows. But it's only it's a halach only. It's a halach l'mayshem Sinai, not a posuk. So the Gemara says halach l'mayshem Sinai was sfeka muter vado aser. If it's a suffix, then it's muter. It's only aser if it's a vadai, if it's certain. So right, any suffix at all, it's mutter. The Gemara even says that the Amorim used to take fruits that were arla, fruits that weren't arla, you mix it behind your back, and then you could give it to your friend, no problem. I mean, any time you have arla, I just make a suffix, put it in a grab bag, and now it's, uh, it's mutter. And there's no problem doing that, says the Gemara. Any suffix at all is mutter. So therefore, writes the Ran, that's why the Gemara says in the Seftis Brochus, whoever's most lenient, and Eretz Yisrael, we follow him when it comes to Arlon and Chutzlaretz. Why do we follow him? Because Yochav Rabim, even though it's Yochav Rabim, Malachik Rabim, says the Ran, the cold Sveika Sharia, any Suffolk at all is mutter. So Yochav Rabim is considered to be a Suffolk. Why is it a Suffolk? Because Eilu V'Eilu, Devele Kim Chaim. These and those uh, have, uh, have truth to it. So any Machlaikas HaPaiskim is a Suffolk. That's also why the Mishkinis Yaakov says, sometimes when it comes to a Dinder Abonon, you could be Mako, Bishas Chak, like an opinion we don't generally accept. We know this from Kriyashma. You have a daven late Marif. So, really, the first minister says in Brachis, you're only supposed to say Kriyashma before Chatzais Halayla. That's the opinion of the Chachamim, and that's how we paskin. The other opinion in the Mishnah is, Rabbi Gamliel, that you could say Kriyashma to Alais HaShachar. So, Gemara says, we don't really pass like Rabbi Gamliel, but Rabbi Shimon, by Yochai, passing like Rabbi Gamliel. And Kedai, who Rabbi Shimon, Lishmai Chalo Bishas Chak. That was Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai's opinion. We don't pass him like that, but you can rely on Rabbi Shimon in a pinch. Why could you rely on Rabbi Shimon in a pinch to pass him like If we don't pass him like that, we don't pass him like that. So says the says the Mishkanis Yaakov, because every opinion we say Elo Elu. So even though I don't pass him like that, uh, but there is truth to it. So maybe uh, in a pinch, uh, you could rely upon that. There's a fascinating tshuva from Rabbi Yosef Engel. About Shviyas Bizman Azeh. Could you explain in a pinch? I mean, you can't like. By a Dinder Abanan sometimes. I'll give you another example. You, you can like change your. Change, no. You change depending the, on what the circumstances are. No. Today it, I can't do this, but tomorrow I could. If you're stuck, Bishasad Chak, the Shulchan says you could say Kriyash Mayev to Chatzaks. But why if you're stuck? We don't pass him like that. The answer is, the Gemara says, Kedai, who have Shimon, Lisma, Kalav Bishasad Chak. It didn't drop on it. You can't do this by a day, right? So, so too, Rabbi Yosef Engel writes as a sefer called Eitzus Yosef on Shvius Bismarazeh. Because he was responding, his machutin was the Kotzki Rebbe. 
Kotzke Rebbe wrote that whoever relies on the Hetem Mechira is Mechal Shabbos Dino Ka'akum, because Shemitah B'zman Azez is the Raisa, and the Kapasik describes Shemitah as a Shabbos L'Hashem, so if you, if you rely on the Hetem Mechira, you say Mechal Shabbos Dino Ka'akum. So Rabbi Yosef Engel, who was his Mechutin, responds to that. He printed a whole Sefer against his Mechutin called Eitzvah Yosef. So he writes that... Uh, yeah. So he writes. <laughs> so he writes. So he writes. certainly is a dinder abanon, and then he goes even further. He says you don't even need a hetem mechira. He says we don't can't rely on this. Obviously, he says you don't even need a hetem mechira. He says it's a dinder abanon. Shviyas b'zmanas here, and when it comes to a dinder abanon, b'shas hadchak. Again, everyone's parnasa. So he says b'shas hadchak. You can rely. There's a das yochid in the rishonim, the balamor, and the rivet. The shviyas doesn't apply at all. No Yevel, there's no Shviyas. The Rabbanon, they rise and nothing. So he says we can rely on the opinion of the Balamor and the opinion of the, uh, of the Ravid that there's no Shviyas at all. Shviyas is the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon in a pinch, we can rely even on an opinion that we don't pass in like. Why? Again, because it's Elo V'Elo Devele Kim Chaim. That's also why, says the Mishnah Yisakov, we're Machmer. The Mishnah Brura has it carried over from the Balei Ataisvis, an Indian of being Machmer like Shittas, we don't pass in like. The Mishnah Brura does this on every page. What's the Indian of being machmer like a sheet that we don't paskin like? Again, because Elo V'Elo Chaim. Even though we don't paskin like that, there is truth perhaps to that perspective. So getting all the way back to that Mishnah we began with. The first part of the Mishnah is Kol Machlek L'Shem Shamayim Soifel Iskayim. If it's a Machlek L'Shem Shamayim, it endures, it persists. In what sense? That's not a good thing. Says Rashbat, no, what it means is both opinions are representatives of you know, certain aspects of truth. So it's Elu V'Elu Diver Leikim Chaim. But a Machlekes of Karach V'Adosoi was not Soifel Lehiskayim. We don't apply Elu V'Elu Diver Leikim Chaim to Karach V'Adosoi. Why not? Why doesn't it apply to Karach V'Adosoi too? So the reason is, if you flip the page, is because this Elu V'Elu Diver Leikim Chaim has its limits. Not everything is included within Elu V'Elu Diver Leikim Chaim. Rashi writes in Mesechtis Ksubis, that if you have machlekes uh, amaroim, machlekes tanoim, about original issue, how to darshim psukim dindei raisa, we say elaviyel diberi kimchayim. But he says, let's say you have a machlekes amaroim. What did the Tana say? What's hakazot? Did he say like this or did he say like that? So, so, so says the Gemara. Says Rashi. In such an instance, there's no elaviyel. The guy he only meant one thing. One of the opinions is true. The other opinion is sheker. So writes Rashi, you don't say Elu V'Elu, Devele Kim Chaim in such a case. Similarly, it says in the biography of the Chavitz Chaim, I heard the same thing from Meir, in the name of Meir Salavechik, said in the name of his father, Brisker Rov, but here it quotes in the name of Reb Chaim, Brisker, that he once told the Chavitz Chaim that you only apply Elu V'Elu by the Machlechim that appear in the Gemara, maybe the Rishonim. Machlechim, eh, there's no Elu V'Elu. Why, why is there no Elu V'Elu? Why, why are we any worse? So I believe the answer is because most of our machleksin are about what did he mean? Did the Rebbe mean like this? Did the Rebbe mean like that? Does the Rambam mean like this? Does Rambam mean Shvi Yisrael as Dei Rais and There's no Elo V'Elu. Either he meant it's Dei Rais or he meant it's Dei He can't mean both. So that's what Rabbi Chaim said. In our times, our machleksin, for the most part, we don't say Elo V'Elu because we're arguing about what did the guy mean. So there's limits to this Elo V'Elu. When in is Vadasa, we don't apply Elo V'Elu either. Because perhaps another limit on Elu V'Elu, a limitation in our Messiah of Machlekes, we don't apply Elu V'Elu, if the two people who are having the dispute 
not having a historical dispute, but the two people that are having the dispute are not on the same madrego. If they're not contemporaries of one another, then there's no elu v'yelu. This concept perhaps is found in the case of Mishnah. The Rambam writes at the beginning of the second parak of Hilchas Mamrim that if you have a based in a Hagodo, Darshan's a Pasuk one way. At the end of the first line, the Omer Achreim based in Acher, Venira Loitam Acher, another based in arises, and they want to dash in the Pasuk a different way. So Hareza, Soisavidan, Kefimash, and Nira Be'enov. They have every right to dash in the Pasuk differently and disagree. Shenemar, Ela Shaifit, Shayihia, Bayomi Mahem. Thus, you should come to the Shaifit that exists in that generation, Yiftach Bedara, Kishmuel Bedara. Yiftach in his generation can disagree with Shmuel. So you should have applied it to the yeah. Uh, same thing. So therefore what? So I think many machle- you have to say our machlekes and mizmanazeh, our machlekes, what did the Rambam mean? Rambam only meant one thing. Oh, so if you have a contemporary shayla and a new thing that comes up, dindoyraisa, it's a machlekes, you know, bekivega and the other achrayim, you have to put the get, benos and biyadah, so all have to be in her hand, going to be sticking out of part of her hand. Original machlek is about a din day rice. It doesn't appear anywhere before. So such a thing. You'd say, Elo Vielo. I agree with you. But uh, what Rabchai meant is most of our machleks are about what did the guy mean? What did the Rishayna mean? They mean this or they mean that. But you're right. If you have machlekes, then uh, we would say, Elo Vielo. But as the Kesef Mishnah, if a later Beisdin has the right to disagree with an earlier Beisdin, so then how come the Amoroim didn't disagree with the Tanoim? Basic question in learning. Why is that like a, an insurmountable question? They could just disagree. So rise the case of Mishnah. They accepted upon themselves not to disagree. They accepted upon themselves not to disagree. Why did they accept upon themselves not to disagree? They accept it. Was, it. was it just arbitrary? They said, you know what, it'll make things more complicated. Let's just not disagree with the Tanaim rules of the game. Why did they accept upon themselves not to disagree? So, Raja Bokhanan in the Kavit Sa'oris, the Chazanish has the same thing in his letters, it's because they recognized they were no longer able to understand what the Tanaim were saying. In order to disagree with someone, uh, you have to under- if one guy is speaking Chinese and the other guy is speaking Spanish, they can't have a machlekes. Because you, they can't understand. I mean, I guess they could, but they, they won't understand what one another is saying. How could you disagree if you don't understand what I'm, what, what I'm telling you? You're not a bar plugto. You're not, you're not, not in the same part of the conversation. Because in order to disagree, you have to understand what I said. So the Amoraim realized, says Abachanan, that there was a certain point in history where there was a, a drop, a precipitous drop in knowledge of Torah and Yerushalayim. They had passed the point in history where just they didn't relate anymore to the Tanoim. It was gone. And therefore, they didn't accept it upon themselves not to disagree because they, they simply were not in the same category. They were not a bar plugta uh, of the Tanoim. Chazanish writes the same thing happened at the end of the period of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Ravina Ravashi, Saif Hayra. Ravina Ravashi were the last of the Amoroim. That's it. We don't disagree with Amoroim anymore. Why not? Says the Ramah. You could. You could disagree with people from previous generation. Says we're not in the same madrega as these people. We Pasha can't even understand how they arrived at these conclusions that we can now say, oh, I, I disagree. 
which is a limitation perhaps on this concept of Elu Elu as well, with regards to two people who are not on the same madrega. They're simply not bar of one another. When Ramesha printed the Igris Maisha, so there was a, a rub from Borough Park, named Yom Tov Schwartz, Satmachasid, who printed a savior called the Manala Igris, the answer to the Igris. Because he was upset, Ramesha, every page disagrees with the Night of Yehuda, disagrees with the Chesab Seifer. So who do, Ramesha, who do you think you are? Disagree with the Night of Yehuda, Chesab Seifer. So he lists, it's not a whole book, goes through every truth of Igris Maisha, who he disagrees with. So Ramesha responds to one of the Hagdama, to one of the Svarim, Igris Maisha, he says he doesn't think he's as great as the Chesab Seifer, the Night of Yehuda, but he thinks he's at least in the conversation. He's in the same uh, class as the Night of Yehuda, Chesab Seifer. Maybe uh, this person disagreed, but he thought he was uh, not as great, but Yiftoch Bedaira, Kishmul Bedaira, he didn't think there was a precipitous drop like you find after the period of the Amorim. Maybe after the period of the Rishayim, there has been, we don't disagree with Rishayim, there has been such a precipitous drop. You know, there's just a, a different uh, category, a different league. And this idea applies in, in our time as well. It's, uh, it bothers me when you find uh, people research one area of halacha. A guy researches medical ethics. And that you often find in doctors. I don't mean to, we have no doctors here, we're all in the financial things are here. We can speak freely. So if you have a, a doctor researches medical ethics, then he paskin shilas in medical ethics. If you can't tell me if a button falls off on Shabbos, if that's muksa or it's not muksa, and you don't know what halacha is if you use a milk spoon or a fleshic pot, so then you know one little thing, you're not in the same adrega, you're not in the same conversation, you're not a bar plukta of the people you're discussing. If he's, uh, if he's just going to collect and be mafarsim, what it says in the Svarim, that's, uh, that's a myth, that's he's, uh, Marbet's terror, that's great. But if he's going to issue, apply psalkim, issue a original psalkim, disagree, you can't do that. You might know one little area, a person knows just tarasim mishpacha. You might know it very well, but you're a little, you're not about plugged of the people who you're discussing. You can't disagree, you're not in the same class, in the same, same league. The Mesil Sisharim gives a muscle to this. He says, a person, life of uh, Ruchnius is like a, a maze. They have them in, uh, in London, in Palace of Versailles, in France. They also have these uh, maze of hedges. And the king and queen used to sit up in a balcony and watch the, uh, their guests would arrive, and they'd watch them run through the maze, like little mice in a maze, and it would entertain them. So Monsieur Susharim says, that's what life of Ruchnius is like. He says, we're searching for the rebinded Shalalim, and life is like a maze. Uh, so it says, uh, it could be, you know, you know, one little leaf in front of you. I have a magnifying glass on the leaf in front of me that doesn't give me any guidance about how we should proceed, how to get to the Rebbeinah I mean, C.O.C. Sharm says, a godo is a person who's very tall, so he can see over the hedges, and he sees where the different paths are going to lead. So, so too, in order to disagree, a person can't just have a magnifying glass in one area of halacha. He's got to be a bar palugta of those that he's arguing with. And it could be that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is left out of the Mishnah. That's why Elu Elu doesn't apply to Karach Vadasai. It's because Karach was disagreeing with Moshe Rabbeinu, but he wasn't on the same Adrega as Moshe. He wasn't a bar plukta of Moshe Rabbeinu. So writes the Abar Benel over here, Oishchaf Hei, Loinizker Khan Shem Moshe, Rach Machlekes Karach Vadasai. Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned. Why not? There's no dispute going on here. Karach disagreed with Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was not disagreeing with Karach. He's on a different madriga than Karach. He wasn't a bar plukta. And that's why perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu's name is left out. And uh, that's perhaps why it's not soifu lehiskayim. Elu v'elu doesn't apply to these types of machleksin. Because the, the two people who are involved in machleks are not a bar plukta of one another. And in our time as well, and we can, uh, are encountered sometimes by contemporary machleksin 
between uh, different individuals, uh, even if they both might be called, uh, you know, a rabbi, that doesn't mean that it's uh, elu v'elu, that doesn't mean that they're a bar plugged of one another. It could be it's the same uh, pattern of kairach, that someone is, uh, someone is arguing with someone on a much different madrega, he's on a different plane uh, than the person uh, that he's arguing with. And it's incumbent on every Talmud Chacham to have this self-awareness, to know where they fit in to the hierarchy of Talmud Chachamim. It's a medrash, on Parashas Vayikra, where the Medrash says, Kol Talmud Chacham she'en boi das. Any Talmud Chacham that doesn't have das, nevela toi vahimenu. A dead animal is better. What does it mean? A Talmud Chacham doesn't have das. So Chedushi Arim said, what it means is he doesn't have self-awareness. He doesn't know where he fits in. He argues with people who are greater than him. So says the Chedushi Harim, a dead nevela carcass is better than this Talmud Chacham. Why? Because a dead nevela, a carcass, says the Chdush Harim smells. It stinks. So he says, we all know that it smells. Everyone knows that this is a nevela. Talmud Chacham, who disagrees with someone greater than him, Ein das. so we don't know. People get confused. They see rabbis, rabbis. So they think, oh, all, all of them are created equal. So they could all disagree with one another. But it's not true. And he fools people into thinking that this is a legitimate machlekas when it's no better than Kairach Vadasa against Meish Rabbeinu. They're not in the same uh, madrega. Uh, to, 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 have, uh, to have a disagreement. And that's uh, indicative, you know, it helps instructive, instructive uh, for us in our times. But I don't think, uh, one last thought, I don't think Karach Vadasai was simply that Karach lacked this self-awareness. Karach knew Moshe Rabbeinu was greater than him. But Karach was upset at the whole hierarchy. Why do we have to have this? Why do we have to have a pecking order? That this one is greater than this one is greater than this one. Karach was opposed to the whole thing. Rashi tells us in Chumash that Karach had two primary arguments. One was he brought a talus that was cool of treilas to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he said, you have to put a string of treilas on the corner. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, you do. So Karach mocked him. And he said, oh, what? A talus that's not made out of treilas. One string of treilas on the corner is enough. If the whole thing is made out of treilas, you certainly shouldn't need, uh, shouldn't need treilas on the corner. The other example he brought was a house. It's full of Sifrei Kaida. She asked Moshe Rabbeinu, do you need a mezuzah? Moshe Rabbeinu said, you do. So again, Kairach made fun of him. He said, well, a house is not full of regular items. Enough with the mezuzah on the door. A house full of Sifrei Kaida. Why do you need a mezuzah at all? So Maral writes in the Gur Aryeh that both Machleks were the same point, And there were two examples. One connected Moshe, one connected Aaron. That Kairach was upset. Why do we have to have you people, leaders, in charge? Why can't we all relate directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, have a garment that's cool of treilas, a house that's full of uh, Sifrei Kaidish? Why do we need one mezuzah on the door, a leader? Why can't we, a democ- it's a democratic idea, why can't we all relate uh, directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And that's why Karach put the fight with Meish Rabbeinu. He knew he wasn't on the same madrega. He knew he was arguing with someone at a different level than him. But he was upset at the whole concept of a hierarchy that uh, you have this pecking order. But it's critical, the reason why Karach was wrong, is that we all need a leader, someone who we're looking up to, in order to be successful. We mentioned uh, in the Shtiba last Shabbos, the Pasuk in Parsha Shlach, which says that when you look at the Tcheles, or Isam Oisai, Uzchartim is called Mitzvah Hashem. You look at the Tzitzis, you remember all the mitzvahs of a Kaddish Baruch So how do you see from the Tcheles, see all the mitzvahs? So the Gemara says, Masechus Menachis, because the Tcheles was doing the Yam, the Yam is doing the Rakia, the Rakia is doing the Kisei 
So I asked Ramosh and the Drash Moshe, why do I need these all madregas? I have to go to the Yam, to the Rakia, to the Rakia, to the Kisei covered. Why can't we just have something that looks like the Kisei covered and remind us straight of the Kisei covered? Why do I need this whole progression? And Ramosh explains, because everybody at their madrega that they're at needs something that they're aspiring uh, to, which is a model and, uh, you know, a, a, an example of a greater level of Kedusha than themselves that they're striving to be like. That's what we need in order to be successful. So the Tchelos looks to the Yam, the Yam looks to the Rakia, the Rakia looks to the Kisei HaKovid. Everybody needs something, uh, someone that they're looking up to. That's why we have to have this hierarchy. Everyone needs something they're looking up to to be successful. Rabchai Moezer uh, once told the Chafetz Chaim at the end of Chafetz Chaim's life, it's well known, he wanted to go move to Eretz Yisrael throughout his life, a few attempts to move to Eretz Yisrael. At the end of his life, wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. Chaim said, you can't go. Because if you leave, the whole pyramid falls apart. He said, you are the top. Everyone's striving to be like the Chafetz Chaim. That inspires everything. He says, if you leave, then we'll have to reorganize and everything will be, uh, will be, will be, uh, will be thrown off. So we, we need this hierarchy. This hierarchy has, is critical. Kairach was wrong. It's because in order to be successful, we have to have a model of Kedusha that, uh, that uh, everyone is, uh, is striving to emulate and striving to be like. And in our life, too, not only should we uh, learn from Karach Vadosa not to p- pick fights with people greater than us, and uh, we should be aware of Tamir Chachamim who are doing so, to understand that might be a machlekas of Karach Vadosa. It's similar to Karach Vadosa. But also, we in our lives have to recognize the importance of this hierarchy. We have to have a Rav, a Rebbe, someone who is a model of uh, dedication to Torah and Mitzvahs that we are trying to emulate, that we are trying to be like, a role model for ourselves. And it's also, we have to recognize, we are role models for our children that they are looking to us to be those examples. And that's a responsibility for us uh, to live up to what they expect us to be. We are the, the yam. They're the trailers. They're looking up to us. And we have to, to live up to what that's, uh, that's all about as well. And Amir Tashem, if we keep this in mind, we'll be able to continue to grow Madrega from Madrega to go up in this uh, progression of Kedusha, hopefully getting closer and closer to the Rebani Shalom. Can I ask a question? Sure. How do we know today which one is the Shem Shemayim and not? That's actually I tried to say is that if we 